Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Michael J. And this is a special edition of Hypothetical. This week, I'm going to try something different. Don't worry, we'll get back to the old format next week with an awesome guest, crazy topics, the usual shenanigans. But this week, I want to push the boundaries of hypothetical. I know you're probably listening to this right now going, Michael, how can you possibly push the boundaries of hypothetical any further? And yes, I know this is the show that puts Stevie Wonder in precarious situations. We probably shouldn't have him driving so much especially when there's a food fight going on between two great 90s show cast. It's also the show that where we went skydiving into a hurricane, sent Gallagher skydiving while throwing props. We set up an airline that maybe would land, maybe it wouldn't. Maybe it would go to a destination that you intended to go to, maybe it wouldn't. And yes, this is the show where we created a mini golf course that was a live safari in another one that was the history of real live war. And yes, this is also the show we built a competitive zoo in the Capitol building, including a swamp in the cloakroom. And yes, this is the show where I was sent on a vacation to mule drugs. And then I sent Scott on a vacation to go play hockey on a live racetrack with NASCAR cars zooming by and then sent him to go relieve me of my drug muling vacation. And yes, this is the show They created a Betty White promotional football calendar. So, yeah, I understand pushing the limits of hypothetical may be a little concerning, but bear with me. We're going to try some new stuff tonight, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. So, to warm up, I'm going to do something a little bit different. Topic was brought up uh, earlier of goodie bags to for children's parties. What do you give out in the goodie bags? What's a good what's good stuff to put in there? Do we want to put cheap junky plastic toys in there? Do we load the bag with candy? What do you do? What's what makes a good or a bad goodie bag? As a parent of two, I believe I am well qualified to give you a list of what you should not put into a goodie bag for people of any age, but especially for children. First off, you're going to make a goodie bag for a party, which is its own has its own issues to begin with. You're spending the money to throw a party for your child, presumably. And then he gets the gifts or she gets the gifts. But then you have to give gifts to everybody that gave your child the gift. It's weird, I know. But whatever you do, if you make a goodie bag, don't put any of this stuff in there. Let's start with candy. I'm guilty of it myself. I've done it in the past for kids' goodie bags. You throw some candy in there. Kids love candy. They think it's cool. They love all the sugar they can get. I get that. And you want to make the kids happy. But seriously, you just fed my kid cake or cupcakes or cookies or whatever sugar drunk you gave them. You got them all wound up by having some fun party where they got to run around and play with their friends and do fun stuff, crazy activities, whatever it may be. And then you give them a bag of candy and I got to be the bad guy. I say, oh, probably shouldn't have that now because you just had cake. Don't give out candy in a goodie bag. But if you do, okay, fine. It's not the worst thing in the world. 
what I would definitely not suggest that you put into a kid's goodie bag is alcohol. Yeah, I know those cute little bottles of vodka or rum or whatever you could buy at the liquor store. See, perfectly kid size. You could throw those in a goodie bag. That would seem great. Kids love something to drink. Yeah, don't give them alcohol. You know what else you shouldn't give them? Fireworks. Anything that explodes, probably not a good idea to give to a kid. Another thing you don't want to put into a goodie bag is cash because it's dirty. My kids' hands are going to get all filthy. Then they're going to touch their mouths. They're going to take some of that candy you gave them, rub their hands on it, put it in their mouths, and who knows what's going to happen. Don't give the kids cash. Gift cards, cool with that, especially if it's somewhere good. Cash, nah, not a good idea for a kid's goodie bag. Besides the fact that, well, that's kind of weird to give kids cash in a goodie bag. Another thing you don't want to give kids is anything with a lot of pieces. Because at the end of the day, those pieces are going to end up everywhere. And I'm the one that's got to pick them up. And I will despise you as I pick up the 100-piece puzzle set that you put in the goodie bag or the little Lego-type brick thing that you gave every kid that's got a thousand little pieces that I end up stepping on and falling over and straining my back and who knows what else. So anything with more than one piece, pretty much forget about it. Next on the list, never, ever, ever give kids musical instruments in a goodie bag. I don't care if they're mini tambourines, drums, microphones, any sort of musical instrument, don't do it. You will not be my friend if you give musical instruments in a goodie bag because, oh my goodness, is that going to be annoying for a long, long, long time, even if it is only 20 seconds before I throw it out the window. You know what else that you shouldn't give kids in a goodie bag? Anything that makes sound, which leads me to the absolute worst possible thing you could put in a kid's goodie bag, a whistle. I will never, ever forget when my kids came home with whistles in their goodie bags, and I will never, ever forgive the parents that put whistles in their goodie bags because there is no good use for a whistle as a kid. As an adult, if you're a referee or a coach, sure, probably use a whistle sparingly during the course of practice or a game. But for kids, they can pretend to use a whistle, but don't give them a real one. Don't give them a whistle that makes noise because they won't stop and it is beyond annoying. If you give a whistle in a goodie bag, you should end up in jail. It should be a crime. I don't know why it's not. Probably should be. It probably is somewhere. Somewhere's got to have some sane laws. Wherever that place is is where I want to move to. Anyways, please, if you're going to do goodie bags, don't give kids whistles or candy or alcohol or cash or fireworks or tambourines or drums or microphones or any sort of musical instrument or anything that makes sound for that matter. Don't give them anything with more than one piece. Want to give them something good? Give the kids a gift card. Give them something to draw with or write with. Give them something useful so I don't have to go get it. Give them a bag that's reusable or towel or something, something they might like. I don't know. But don't give them a whistle, please. For the love that is of all that is good in this world, please, please, please never, ever fill a goodie bag with a whistle. Now let's move on to something more positive, shall we say. 
And in place of the main game tonight, I want to talk to you about my favorite Olympic event in the history of the world. This is the greatest thing to ever happen to the Olympics, and it is the most underrecognized, underappreciated event, and probably in all of sports. It is the greatest spectator sport of all time, even greater than hockey, because hockey is not the greatest Olympic sport of all time. Shocking, I know. The greatest Olympic event of all time, and it's been around for a long time. I would guess it's got to be, has to have been in the Olympics probably for over 100 years now. And that is the steeplechase. It's a summer Olympic event. It's a track and field event. It occurs on a track. And in the Olympics, it is 3,000 meters long, which I think is pretty long. I don't really pay attention to the length of things in track and field, uh, but it's more than three feet. So I'm not going to race it, but it is the greatest thing in the world to watch. So what is a steeplechase? Well, it's a 3,000 meter race, as I said. It includes 28 barriers, think of them as hurdles, and seven water jumps. It's the water jumps that make it. Because in the steeplechase, you're running around a track. So you've got the oval track. You run around it however many times to get the 3,000 meters. But each lap, you have to jump over 28 barriers, so 28 hurdles, and seven water jumps. And the water jumps feature a barrier, essentially a hurdle, and they usually put something between the top bar of that hurdle and the ground. So you'll see either like potted plants or a temporary wall, something there so you can't just like slide under under the hurdle. And on the other side of that hurdle is a water pit. It's a shallow water pit, probably a couple inches deep, I would guess. And I think it's on a it's graded so it becomes shallower the further out you go. So if you barely make it over the hurdle, you're landing in deeper water than if you make it well over the hurdle. And the water pit is definitely longer than anybody can really clear uh, after jumping over a hurdle. So I'm not exactly sure how long it is, but uh, it's long enough that once you jump over the hurdle, you're going to land in some water no matter what. What makes a steeplechase so amazing, because watching people run around in circles, sometimes I guess if it's a really interesting race, yeah, maybe I'll hold my interest for a little bit. What makes a steeplechase so great is you never know what's going to happen when somebody jumps over that barrier and into the water pit because inevitably somebody's going to fall in the water they're going to face plant they're going to get tripped up and steeplechase fails in the water is one of my favorite things to watch in the olympics it should be primetime viewing on nbc or whoever hosts the olympics it is the funniest thing in the world to watch people running as fast as they can they're they barely got any energy left they're jumping over another hurdle and into the water and they don't quite clear the hurdle and they trip over it and they land face first in the water. It is epically funny. I laugh so hard. It is, there's nothing like it. You never know when it's going to happen. You'll see these world-class athletes running around the track. All of a sudden they'll jump, their ankle will catch the barrier, their foot will hit the barrier, they'll flip over, they'll fall on their face, or they might clear the barrier, but they don't land right and they fall and they slip. And now they're drenched. They're soaked in water. So now you're running around this track and you fall into the water. So that takes you a second to get up. And now you're covered in water. You're soaking wet. You still got to run as fast as you can and clear more hurdles and more water jumps. It doesn't stop. It's amazing. And if you go on YouTube and you watch steeplechase failures, guaranteed you'll be laughing hysterically. It is 
some of the funniest things you can watch ever. And that's what makes it my absolute favorite Olympic event because you never know what's going to happen. It's always funny watching people fall into water. I don't know why, just is. But I think they can make the steeplechase better. So, in true hypothetical fashion, I am going to create a better steeplechase race. And the way I'm doing that is I'm not changing the race itself. You're still going to have 28 barriers. You're going to have seven quote-unquote water jumps. What I'm going to do is I'm going to replace the water with other stuff to make it even more interesting and more fun to watch. Because the steeplechase, as it is, a lot of people don't know about it. The broadcast networks, the TV networks, whoever, and the sports journals, they don't cover steeplechase a lot. You don't see it as a main event. I want to make this the biggest thing so that everybody's talking about the steeplechase so we get to see more steeplechase on TV, so we get some more laughs, more entertainment. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to replace the water in each of the seven pits. I'm also going to change out the barriers so they're not just traditional hurdle-like barriers, but there'll still be things that are required to be jumped over. So let's start with the barriers. And depending on the barrier, there's 28 of them. So we're going to randomly replace each of those 28 with a number of different things. So the first thing I'm going to do is we're going to create some barriers with crime scene tape because not often you get to jump over crime scene tape ever for anything because typically that's there for a reason to keep people out. This time you actually get to jump over it. And I think to make it even more fun, we'll have chalk outlines of racers on the other side of that tape. So you're jumping over the crime scene tape onto a chalk outline. So if you fall, you might actually already have a chalk outline of you if you fall over, if you trip over that uh, crime scene tape. Uh, So that's one barrier that I'm going to replace. Another one uh, I'm going to replace is we are actually going to uh, limbo stick. And we're going to get a couple people to hold up the limbo stick, one on each end. But we're going to do the limbo stick in reverse. Because typically at the limbo stick, when you're doing the limbo dance, the stick goes lower and lower and lower because you're trying to get under it. Instead, we're going to play the same limbo music as you're passing that one barrier. Or maybe we'll have multiple of them. But as each, each time you go around the track, that limbo stick's getting higher and higher because you have to clear it over it, not go under it. So your first lap around will be fairly easy to get over the limbo stick. But as you go through the race, you get further and further in the race, you get more and more tired. That limbo stick's going to get higher and higher and higher. And you've got to clear it in order to continue the race. Next barrier is a railroad crossing gate. You know the gates that go up and down for when trains pass over a road uh, that can be driven on? We're going to put in railroad crossing style gates that will go up and down. So you might get to go right through a barrier because the gates are up or the gates can be coming down right as you're about to get there. So either speed up to get through or you're going to have to jump over the railroad gates. In the spirit of the Olympics, in the spirit of the Summer Olympics, the next barrier is going to bring out some gymnastics to the steeplechase. Even though the steeplechase is a track and field exclusive event, we're going to try to be more inclusive with the steeplechase. So the next barrier is going to be a pommel horse that barrier style thing that gymnasts run as fast as they can, jump onto, do some sort of trick, and uh, or some sort of tricks, then eventually jump off. Racers in the steeplechase will be able to jump onto the pommel horse, do some sort of gymnastics trick if they want, or just keep going. But if they want to show off their skills, they can certainly, certainly do that. So you might start seeing some gymnast-type athletes uh, try the steeplechase. So those are some of the barriers that I'm going to introduce. Uh, but I want to jump over to the, the water jumps, the water pits, 
because that is by far my favorite thing about the steeplechase. It's what makes it so unique. It's what brings so much joy and fun to my viewing of the steeplechase race. I think we can make it even better. I mean, the water itself, just the fact that there's water pits in a race, a running race in the Olympics is like, that's pure gold as it is, but we could take it to the next level possibly. So each pit is going to be filled with something other than water. And no, I'm not putting alligators in a pit. We don't want to harm the alligators. We don't need any racers getting eaten up. This is a friendly show, family friendly show. We don't need any harm caused. So the water pits, there's seven of them. So the first thing I'm going to replace the water with, first pit is M&Ms because why not? How much fun would it be to watch racers run as fast as they can, jump over a barrier, land at a pit of M&Ms, and if they stay standing, keep running through them. And if not, well, they fall into a pool full of M&Ms. I mean, that's not the worst thing that could happen. They could be uh, still fairly happy because if you're going to fall, you might as well fall into a pool of candy, right? And they could, if they want to eat some M&Ms, they're more than welcome to. So, oh, I probably should decide what type of M&Ms are going there. I think we'll mix it up. So it'll be a random assortment of M&Ms. So there'll be some uh, plain M&Ms, the peanut M&Ms. There's what, peanut butter, caramel, certainly some mint ones, uh, the mint chocolate M&Ms, whatever special limited time flavors they might have. Uh, We'll put them all in there. Why not? Oh, the pretzel ones. I mentioned the pretzel ones, pretzel M&Ms. Anyways, that's the first pit that they will have to jump through. That's the M&M pit. The next pit is going to, originally I was going to fill it with slime. Because slime is making a comeback. You know, kids are making tons of slime these days. There's slime products being sold everywhere. And well, slime is messy and be fun to watch kids jump through slime. It kind of reminds me back of, you know, when I was younger and watching Nickelodeon and they dump slime on people. But then I decided, you know what? It's like, that's an easy answer. So instead of slime, I'm going to fill the pool or the pit with toothpaste. It provides a soft or softer landing spot than some other potential options. And well, if you get some in your mouth, you're fine. You can brush your teeth while you're running to the next uh, next hurdle or next water jump. And I think the toothpaste I want to use, I want to use that toothpaste. I think it was a Colgate or I don't remember who it was. It has that striped toothpaste. So I think I'd make the pool look or the pit look really cool if you have the stripes going. So it's like the white toothpaste with the, the green and red stripes going through it. Uh, that, that'll be what we fill the second pit with. So the first pit we're jumping through. M&M's, the second pit is filled with toothpaste. And then we get to the money pit. Scrooge McDuck style, filled with gold coins, cash money, coins, bills, other investment certificates of some sort, all filled in this in this pool. So now, as a racer, you've got a choice to make. Do you purposely barely jump into that pit so you have time to grab as much money as you can while you're racing? Do you just want to win the race and get through that pit as fast as you can. And if you do decide to go for the money, how much are you going to take with you and how many gold coins? Because that's going to start to weigh you down and slow you down, make it more difficult, I think, to uh, jump over the next set of hurdles. So you have some decisions to make, which introduces a whole new strategy to steeplechase, which will just make it that much more interesting. And the commentators uh, on television will get be that much more engaged, which will then make it more likely that we'll start to see steeplechase it's a primetime event in future Olympics. That's what it's all about. So now you've got some M&Ms, you're covered in toothpaste, lined your pockets with some money from the, the third pit, moving on to the fourth pit. In a place of water, we're putting in a trampoline. 
So now you jump over the barrier and you want to land in the pit. You aim for the center of that pit because you want to land on the trampoline so you can get as high as you possibly can while hopefully moving forward as far as you can, as quickly as you can. Because how much fun would that be to watch somebody jump over a barrier, land on a trampoline, fly up the track, and go on to the next pit? It's much more interesting than just running through some water, I think. So fourth pit, putting a trampoline, as bouncy as we possibly can make it. So now you've landed from the trampoline, you're on to the next water pit, you jump over the barrier, and the pit is filled with Diet Coke and Mentos. So it's essentially a geyser of Diet Coke shooting up in the air as you jump through it. So this way, if you're thirsty, you could take a drink while you're jumping through it. Um, you can't quite see what's on the other side, but you know it's just track. But you got to get through that geyser. Um, it will have attendants on the track that are constantly filling the pit with more Mentos and more Diet Coke. So that geyser keeps going as you're jumping through the Diet Coke and Mentos pit. So you get through the geyser of Diet Coke and Mentos. You're running down the track. You get to the next water jump, what used to be a water jump. And now you get over the barrier and it's a chance to relive childhood because the pit is filled with those plastic balls of yesteryear, the plastic balls that fill the ball pit from Chuck E. Cheese or Showbiz Pizza or the old McDonald's that used to have those ball pits. We're going to fill that water jump or that water pit with those little plastic balls. So now you've got another choice to make as a steeplechase racer. Do you feel that moment of nostalgia? Do you land in that ball pit and pretend to do a snow angel? Take a second to just enjoy yourself, maybe throw a ball at somebody, or do you just try and get through that pit as fast as you can and get onto the next next barrier? Either way, it brings a little bit of childhood back to the racers, and uh, I think it makes it a lot more fun for them. And finally, you get to the last barrier, or last water jump, and in place of water, we're going to give racers what will undoubtedly be their favorite pit, because it's going to be the most comfortable pit, because this pit is going to be filled with pillows. Because after you've jumped over 28 barriers and you've gone through a pool of M&Ms and a pool filled with toothpaste and another one filled with gold coins and money and another one that's a trampoline and you go through a Diet Coke and Mentos geyser and you've weighed your way through a ball pit, a literal pit full of plastic balls, you then get to jump over that last barrier and land in a pile of pillows. Nice, soft, comfortable pillows, all with pillowcases on them, just to make them that much more comfortable. Zippers hidden away so you don't land on a zipper. And that gives, brings racers to another choice. You've gone through this whole track and every lap, you got to kind of make this decision. Is it time to take a nap? Because there's a lot of pillows here. And I think what we'll do, because we love the racers so much, is if they do choose to take a nap in the middle of the race, we'll bring them a blanket if they'd like. So we'll have blankets right there on the track that they can grab if they choose to uh, take a quick nap uh, during the race. Because I'm guessing it probably takes a little while to do 3,000 meters of running and jumping and clearing barriers. So we're going to fill the last pit with pillows to allow racers to decide what they prefer to do. And that also makes it interesting for the spectators because you might think, oh, this person is winning the race. They're ahead by 50 meters. They've got this race in the po- in their pocket because they're on the last the last jump you know it's just clear sailing from there all they gotta do is jump through the pillows and go on but they might choose to take a nap and then all of a sudden they're not the winner of the race anymore now somebody else is gonna win makes it that much more interesting so those are my barriers my water or my water jump pits which have been replaced 
with what I think to be more exciting elements. That's how we make the steeplechase go from being the greatest Olympic event of all time to an even greater, greatest Olympic event of all time. Hopefully, it gets to the point where it gets so popularized uh, that it becomes the fifth major sport here in the U.S., uh, along with hockey, baseball, basketball, and football. Uh, steeplechase will be you know, number five. So that's it for this special edition of Hypothetical. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back with regular episode of Hypothetical next week with a very special guest. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Hypothetical and subscribe to Hypothetical on your podcast player of choice. As always, if you have any complaints about anything we discussed or really anything that I discussed this week, uh, well, you can either keep it to yourself or give us a call at 937-63-HYPER. That's 937-634-9737. Or send us an email to complain at hypothetical.show. Until next time, this is Hypothetical. Also, no live animals in goodie bags, please. No pets. I don't need something else to take care of as well. That means no goldfish, no worms, and definitely no snakes.